0: Welcome to the Investor's Realty MN Podcast. My name is Lisa Atkinson, realtor and general contractor.
1: And I'm Maureen McGarry, licensed broker.
2: Les Ferris here with Gateway Mortgage Group.
0: What's your R-M-N-L-S? Oh, that one. P-Q-R-N-L-S. My
2: alphabet soup, yeah. So Gateway Mortgage Group NMLS is 7233 and mine is 853139.
0: Great. So glad you could come in today. We're so excited to be talking to Les, a spectacular mortgage lender with Gateway, and we're going to talk about products that help our investors purchase homes.
2: Yeah, thanks for inviting me in. uh, I'm excited to answer any questions you have and just kind of give people an idea of where we need to start to get ready to buy an investment property.
0: Perfect. And before we get too far into this, Les, uh, the best way to reach you is your phone number, 612-529-1111, or on your website, com.
2: Yep, absolutely. The 612-529-1111 is my direct line, cell phone, so you can text you can call.
0: Any time of day and night. Any night. Time how of day how or late night. is too late? <laughs> you know, whatever works. <laughs> well, um, why don't you tell us? Your preferred mortgage for investors, and, sure. and tell us whether it's for a new investor or for somebody who's got a couple of properties under their belt.
2: Sure, you know I think there's a lot that goes into deciding first of all to get started in investment property, but then also how do I continue to acquire properties? And so, my idea was to to give some advice on how to pick a lender, and then things to think about as you're looking to acquire your first. Or let's say properties one through five. Does that sound good? Sure. Perfect. Okay. So in the real estate world, in the mortgage side, there's a few different lender types. And uh, I always tell people there's good and bad to everything, right? So... You have a a bank, a traditional bank, a place that you can walk into make deposits. Uh, this could be a credit union, or it could be you know a bank with a stagecoach, right? You know sure. who I'm talking about. Uh, the second type of lender is a mortgage bank. They only do mortgages. They don't do any deposits, but all they do is mortgages. Technic, uh, this is where Gateway, my company, falls in. We we write our own loans, fund our own loans, and service all our loans. So mm-hmm. It's a mortgage mm-hmm. bank. And then the third type is a broker. A broker is uh, in-between person, they're going to match customers to lenders. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't do any of the underwriting themselves, they have little control over the loan. Got it. Uh, and the reason that I, I bring this up is I think it's really important for people to know who they're working with. Um, each type of lender has pluses and minuses, and each type of lender can do different things and make different decisions um, that, that some of the other ones can't make. So the very first question I tell people is, uh, you should be asking the lender, what type of lender are you? How do you do business? The second question is, do you work with any investors? Because investment loans are not the same as primary residence loans, as we all know.
0: We say that about realtors, too. Are they working with a realtor that understands investments or not? And and we feel very passionately that just any old realtor won't work. And you're telling us any old lender won't work.
2: Exactly. It, 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 it is the same. It, if you haven't done it before, you don't know the right questions to ask. You don't know how to analyze the property. You don't know what type of lending to put in place. So it really is important that people pick a team that knows what they're doing and has some trench experience.
1: And I, and I think asking, yes, you know how to do it, and how many have you actually done yeah. is important because yes. I think most people can say, well, I've done it once. That makes me, yes, quote unquote, I've done it, uh, but digging a little deeper, how much have you actually done?
2: Absolutely. And as you guys know, it gets more complicated. uh, As we take an investor from property number one to two to five to seven, the the landscape becomes more complicated because of how we need to structure deals, what type of properties are they acquiring. So it's especially important to have that team in place.
1: Right, right.
0: Well, let's start at the beginning. Let's say you're working with a new investor that has come to us and said that they want to do a rental purchase. What kind of opportunities might they have and what do they need to know in order to qualify? What's what's required of them as a buyer?
2: The very first thing I would say, I wanna to just touch on this, and this is this is gonna be uh, sound mean to my friends over at Google. Be careful what you Google. Um, in preparation for this podcast, I went online and I decided I was just gonna type in some basic searches like how much do I need to have down on an investment property? What type of loan can I have? And what I wanna share with your guests is all the information was wrong. Uh, we're talking major sites, um, Investopedia, um, you know, bigger pockets, deeper pockets, this, that. Yeah. The, the, the information is wrong. So the very first thing I want to tell you is find a good lender, find a good real estate team, and ask them for the information. There are basically a couple ways to get started in investment property purchasing. The very first thing people need to consider is down payment. Mm -hmm. It is, there's no program out there that I'm aware of that you can do, you know, little down or no down anymore on investment properties. You need to have a minimum of 15% down.
0: that's better than 20 or 25.
2: It is better than 20 or 25. And this would be 15% down would be on a one unit home. So a single family house, a condo, a townhome, you can put as little as 15% down. What you need to know as an investor is it needs to be your money. It cannot be a gift but the money can come from multiple places. It can come from retirement savings, Mm -hmm. 401k, IRA. Uh, It can come from cash in the bank. Um, It could come from a a face value on a life insurance policy that's paid up. So there's multiple places you can get the money from, but you need the money and it needs to be your money. Okay,
0: great. First, so I have 15%, I'm ready to buy. I find a great home uh, um, with Marine and then we are we gonna to live together no we're that's not awesome. gonna <laughs> do you do dishes that's what i want to know
2: the first question you should have asked is how much rent will you pay yeah,
0: exactly right? all right so we are ready to go we've got 15 percent down we find a home yes um what's what kind of interest rate am i going to get on this investment property
2: yeah so that's a great question the next thing that an investor needs to know is that um lenders price their loans based on risk. And what, what lenders know over the years is that investment property loans tend to be more risky than primary residences because if somebody's business doesn't go well, they will stop paying on an investment property before their primary home. With that comes extra risk and therefore a little bit higher interest rate. So let's just use some generic numbers. I'm not quoting you know market rates today, but if a uh, primary residence today is at 4.125 for someone with good credit, you're probably looking at an investment property loan being at four point seven five or five. I would always tell people to add a half to three quarters of a percent to what the whatever the primary residence rate is.
0: Great. Okay. That gives us an idea of Um, calculating mortgage and insurance and and things like that when we're out with our
2: clients. Absolutely. And if if the client's gotten pre-approved ahead of time, Mm -hmm. we will have quoted them rates. Because, of course, what everybody needs to know is rates are based on three things, really, right? Type of property, okay? Single-family houses are preferred over condos. Condos are more risky because you have an association involved. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, therefore, you're going to pay a little more on a condo. Down payment right? The more you put down the lower the rate, lower the risk, and then credit score. Mm -hmm. And those three factors are going to play into each individual but just in general that's a range.
1: So when you talk about credit score that's I hear that a lot from people. I don't have the greatest credit. Yeah. And then I ask them what their credit is and they say well it's it's 690 or it's 700. What kind of credit score are you actually talking about in order to do this loan?
2: Yeah absolute minimum credit score is going to be somewhere between 620 and 640. But what I would tell everybody, in all honesty, is if you're in a 620 to 640 category, you're not going to like the cost of the loan or the interest rate. So we really should try to work together to get the score up. Mm -hmm. Um, To get really good terms on an investment property, you really want to be above a 700. um, And the best rates go to those above 760.
0: Okay, great. So we have something to, to shoot for, and you can help somebody work on their credit score. Absolutely. Say. Yeah, absolutely.
2: What we can do is, is sit down and look at a credit report and look at what's on it. And sometimes there's opportunities that exist that we can help someone with. And we also have a tool that we can use that analyzes credit. It'll tell us uh, how we can raise someone's credit score. We can tell the, the computer model we have X amount of dollars available. And it'll tell us, pay this down, pay this off, and it'll raise the score this much. Perfect. So we have some ability to do that. Um, If I can, you know, just throw this out there, be careful. I I encourage everyone to monitor their credit and know what's going on. But be careful because what what a lot of people don't know is that, first of all, you have three credit scores, right? You have Mm -hmm. Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion.
0: I think I've heard about Equifax recently. Yeah,
2: there was a minor... uh, Not minor, major data breach over there. Yeah. Yeah. And and everybody's entitled to a a free credit report every year from all three bureaus by going to annualfreecreditreport.com. And you should do that. And you should look at information on there and make sure it's accurate. What I will tell you is the credit score that Credit Karma is giving you or the credit score that Capital One Credit Wise is giving you is not the same credit score that I'm going to get when I pull your credit. Okay. and it just is a fact of life and so the more pro proactive you can be the better
0: okay great so now we know that um buying your first rental unit for example is pretty easy 15 percent down you find a good cash flowing property that by working with myself or marine and we're off to the Off to the races. We're off to the
2: races. And one of the really great things about acquiring investment property is we get to use 75% of the projected rental income to offset the payment. Okay. So what that means to someone is if you guys find them a property that's going to rent for $1,000 a month, Mm -hmm. we get to use $750 a month as income. To help offset that payment so actually qualifying for the property is not normally the issue mm-hmm. normally the barrier to entry is either credit score or where's the down payment going to come from right okay.
1: right
0: so let's jump ahead and talk about getting the second unit the third unit the fourth unit and when what happens there and then when's the shift occur
2: sure yep so Where people need to start really planning is once they get to two units. And the reason becomes that there is a guideline. Now, this is if we're using traditional conventional financing. Um, You need to have reserves in addition to your down payment. And the reserves are a percentage of the outstanding principal balance on mortgages that you have.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. And this is one of the things I Googled the other night and... It was completely wrong so it behooves people to find someone who knows knows the rules but where where things tend to get more difficult for investors is as they get to property number two and they're thinking about property number three not only now do you have to have the down payment but you also have to have reserves set aside to cover mortgage payments okay
0: Okay, and you said it was a percentage of the balance of the loans.
2: It's a percentage of the aggregate unprin- unpaid principal balance on your on your properties. So here's an example. And we're going to talk about an investor who's in the 1 to 4 unit. They own 1 to 4 properties. Is that okay? Sure. Mm-hmm. For an investor who has 1 to 4 financed properties, so this is 1 to 4 individual properties with mortgages, they need to have 2% of the aggregate unpaid principal balance of those mortgages and reserves. Okay. Okay.
0: So keeping the math simple, if we have a $100,000 unpaid
1: principal balance, yep, the reserve would be?
2: $2,000.
1: Got it. And when you say reserves, can that yes. be in my piggy bank? Can it be in my credit card? Can it be in my 401k? Where do I have to have those reserves?
2: That's a great question. You can just a rule of thumb is you can never use unsecured borrowed money in real estate. So
1: credit cards don't count.
2: Credit cards don't count. Yep. Lines of credit don't count. But piggy bank's no good. We have to be able to prove it to an underwriter, right? So it has to be documented. So what that means is it needs to be in a bank account for at least two statement cycles. 401k is fine we are going to have to prove to the underwriter uh, the terms on which you can make a withdrawal okay. so hardship is usually one of those cases IRA is fine um, cash in the bank of course is fine hmm but as you start to think about acquiring two property two three and four the barrier to entry again gets just a notch higher in that not only do you now need to have the down payment you need to have the reserves
1: so if I had a line of credit on my home where I live, I couldn't use the line of credit but I could go to the line of credit, take money out, put it in the bank for you're saying about two months mm-hmm. and now I have those reserves I need.
2: That is correct okay. and the only caveat to that is we'd want to make sure that whatever corresponding uh, liability payment comes with that mm-hmm. line that that everything still works from a debt to income perspective. Sure. Right. But that would work. Okay. Um, if, in our world if, if money is in the bank for two statement cycles and the deposit doesn't show up, we don't have to source it. If it's sh- if we have a deposit that shows up that's greater than 50% mm-hmm. of the borrower's gross income, we need to tell the underwriter or source it. We need to show them, because of the Patriot Act, where it comes from. Okay, good to no. know. Yep.
0: Um, can we circle back? Did we talk about debt to income with our first pro- first property, and then let's talk about it with the next couple yeah. of ones?
2: yep. Yeah. So debt to income is is very important. It's um, I'll give you the the standard guidelines and then I'll tell you the cab- the caveat to that. The standard guideline now for conventional financing is under 50 percent debt to income. Okay. That's 50 percent of the gross income cannot. This includes the the new mortgage, any existing liabilities, right? Mm-hmm. Cannot be more than 50 percent of the borrower's gross income. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, I said there was a caveat to that, there is, and that is it's all based on the entire profile of the borrower, so credit score, down payment type of property. So one person might come in the door and have 15% down and a really high credit score and they have some reserves, and we can take them all the way up to the 50%. The next person comes through the door, they have a credit score of 660, the only money they have is the down payment, there is no reserves the automated underwriting system that Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac use may not approve them up to 50. So it will be a little bit case by case, but mm-hmm. the absolute max is 50.
0: Perfect. So this really points out that having a knowledgeable mortgage lender like yourself is cru- is crucial in getting you to move forward because there's a lot of moving parts.
2: There's a lot of moving parts. I think step number one is, I mean, deciding that this is what you want to do, right? Mm-hmm. Getting off the couch, making mm-hmm. getting a hold of you two and saying, you know, just get me in the water, right? What do I do? Mm-hmm. And the very first step in my world is where's the. This is the first question I'm going to ask someone is where's your down payment going to come from? And then let's get you pre-approved. You know, Perfect. at Gateway we will fully underwrite you before you ever go out and look at a property. So we'll we'll do a full credit underwrite. We'll turn all the bank the bank statements in. You'll be a hundred percent ready to go, and then we know for sure it's solid. Just subject to finding a property. Perfect.
0: Um. So you let's just talk about what do you need in general to become approved what kind of Mm -hmm. documents do you need and what makes your job easier when the clients come in kind of prepared
2: yeah that's a great question so generally we um, copy of a government-issued ID to make sure this is part of the Patriot Act right make sure that you are uh, who you say you are Uh, if you're a w-2 worker two years of Mm w-2s and the two most recent pay stubs and then two months or 60 days worth of statements for whatever account the uh, down payment money is going to be in.
0: So if it's your 401, bring in 401 statements. If right. it's your bank, your savings account, bring, bring in, in your
2: savings statements. If it's your 401k, you most likely it'll be a quarterly statement. You would bring that in in addition to the terms under which you're allowed to withdraw. Because mm-hmm. we have to prove, of course, that you have access to the money. Um, A lot of
1: that's online now, so if we came in with our, showed it to you online or gave you the website, you'd be okay. I'd be okay. Yeah, if you
2: if you gather your user IDs and passwords, I'll I'll get the rest. I'm we're pretty pretty good at that. So you don't have to print it. I don't expect you to scan it. We just need to Mm -hmm. know where it is and have access to it. Mm -hmm. And then if you're if you're any sort of a commissioned, uh, bonus or self-employed person, we want to see two years of tax returns.
0: Okay. Okay, so this is using um, a kind of a conventional loan, 15% down. Can I do 15% down on properties one through four, all of them, as long as we have the reserves?
2: As long as you have the reserves and as long as they're one-unit properties. Got it. So the the distinction that I want to make is it's got to be a one, so single-family house, condo, townhome, you know, where one family lives there, you can do as little as 15% down. You will have mortgage insurance but it will go away when you get to 20% equity. Now, if you want to acquire a duplex, a triplex, or a fourplex, you're a minimum of 25% down. Okay. So that increases your down payment amount by 10%.
0: But the credit score is the same. Um, the guidelines on loan-to-value, things right. like that, are all the same.
2: Yep. And one of the reasons I think it's so important for your, for your clients and your guests to really think about who they're gonna use, from even from a lending standpoint, is that not all lenders are the same. See, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, they issue the underwriting guidelines. These are the investors who are really buying the loans on the secondary market. They create the underwriting guidelines. But every lender has the ability to add to them. Mm-hmm. Right, we call those overlays. Right, mm-hmm. and so you might go to one bank, and they might say you have to have a minimum credit score of seven hundred before right. we'll lend to you on an investment property.
0: And that's so they're choosing, making their own requirements right. on top of what Fannie and Freddie have already said. Right,
2: they're looking at their portfolio, and they're saying that we don't want to take the risk on someone with a credit score lower than seven hundred. So one of the things that you want to do as you start to think about, you know, who's your team going to be is. Who can get my loan done with, you know, who's who do I fit in with? And and I would say you want to pick someone with the least amount of overlays, right, that follows the guidelines as traditional as possible.
1: Well, and I think somebody who has a, a vast experience with investment property so that you're, you're thinking ahead because even Lisa and I, when we sit down and talk to you, we learn new things. And so, you, you know, as an investor, you want somebody who's, who's thinking of you down the road and going, I know this client wants to get to 10 properties by the end of next year. Right. And there's this new program that's coming up. Um, th- there's gotta be a, a level of expertise there where you can, I mean, we Lisa and I do that with investment properties. Right. We don't say, hmm, let's go find a property for Bill today. A lot of times we say, here's a great property. Who does this work best for out of our clients? Who's ready to buy today? Who, you know, who, who does this fit with? And then we call them so they know when they're getting something from us. It's, you know, we, we've we gone through a lot of steps to say this is a property that's going to work
2: for you. That's one of the reasons that I, I fell in love with the two of you, literally, and I started working with you personally, is because you know I I did it wrong I start not with you guys but I started an investment career in 2007 It was a great time to buy Perfect. as you can imagine yeah Perfect. and and I I started acquiring investment properties as primary residences with very little money down thinking I could just convert them to to rentals and they'll work mm-hmm. and one of the very first meetings I had with you two you both looked at me and said first of all we're not gonna start showing you properties till we know you're ready what's your goal like mm-hmm. no one had ever asked me that what's my yeah. goal i don't know yeah. what my goal you know and then you guys really talk about numbers you know what i've heard from you over and over and over again is the property has to make sense it mm-hmm. has to meet these numbers mm-hmm. and so from an investor myself and you know just you know talking a little bit about what you guys do it's so refreshing to have someone who sits down and sets goals and understands numbers and and really takes people we're going to show you properties that actually work
0: i think what what we share in common is we are looking at developing a long-term relationship with our clients, and we need that great partnership with a mortgage professional like Les, who understands the needs of investors. And we do our job with finding properties that make sense, that cash flow, that have the return on investment that the client wants. And we partner with you because we know that, because we do that, they can get from where they're starting to where they want to be right. to meet those goals. And other lenders might look at it as, well, it's just one more loan. Right. And that's not what we're looking for.
1: No, well, One of the services we offer is we manage the, these properties for m- many of our clients. They want that service. It's not that expensive. It's actually probably not expensive enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we we're, we don't show up at your closing get our fee, and leave. And out the door you go. And, and we'll send you a card once a year. Right. We're literally on the phone the next day probably with you talking about the new tenants we're looking for and some of those things. And we're managing this thing for some of our clients years and years. Right. And so if I sell you a property today and it doesn't perform in a year or two or whenever we kind of had an eye for it to perform, I'm the one still standing there holding the bag. And I know from experience, if, if, if investors aren't successful, they stop investing. Hallelujah. And it, it only makes <laughs> sense. And I, we have people come through the door. We meet people. We say, you should invest in real estate. And they say, you know, I bought this place 10 years ago, and I lost my shirt, and I'm out. I'm done. I never want to go through that again. And, and it's, it's a shame because if you do it right, you know, and you hire the right people, on your team then it works. And, customer
2: for life, right? Right. your guys' mentality is customer for life. We're gonna we're gonna take you from 1 to 10 or 20 or 30 or we're gonna we're gonna see you graduate into a larger portfolio we're, we're gonna help you analyze the properties, we're gonna help you manage the properties, right. we're really gonna put a plan together to get you where you want to go. Right, yeah.
1: right, right and I don't know why but we seem to have a passion for that that's where um, you know when you talk about asking about goals if I don't know what your goal is, it's very hard for me to figure out what kind of properties to fit into that plan. Right. And so I do need to know, where do you want to be? What you know? What's your long-term goal? What's your short-term goal? We might have to tweak those. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times people aren't, they, as you said, they Google something and the Googler was not quite right.
2: <laughs> <But> <laughs> the Google machine. I think, I think the biggest challenge with the Google machine, that's what I call it, <laughs> is things change right in our industry right non-stop right and 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 things in my world on the lending side things become more competitive as the market gets better you'll find lenders become more and more competitive meaning they open up what they're willing to do and as the market declines they become more conservative and so some of the information is just outdated and if you google something you really need to look at what's the source mm-hmm. and when was it published mm-hmm. if, it's, right. if you know if it's grandma Johnson in you know mm-hmm. in you know North Dakota and it was from 2012 it's probably not right.
1: right right and and is this you know we're we're on some of the national sites for investors and we see a lot of people that put things out there it's something maybe they did and maybe it worked that one time but um, you do have to be careful you want to make sure that you're following the law <laughs> and that you understand you know uh, the whole picture of what you're doing, and that's where you need a professional.
2: So if I'm a brand-new real estate investor, right, and I I need help, right, there are laws that I have to follow, I'm assuming, when I buy my first property?
1: Sure. There are some laws that, that pertain to everybody. Okay. And then when you work with somebody like Lisa and I, who's licensed, just like with you, there's certain laws we have to follow. Okay. You know, so I can't necessarily circumvent those. Um, but most of them, all of them, are there for... Uh, you know, you as the consumer, your benefit. Right. You want to make sure you have accurate information. We have people who come in who bought something. They didn't understand what they were buying. They didn't have any representation. And now they're in a real pickle. And, um, you know, we've, we've helped a lot of people out of some of those jams. But it's not easy and
2: it's not cheap. So get to you first before I buy anything. Right. You're if gonna it ha-
1: seems too good to be true, it probably, it probably is. is.
2: Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're going to represent me and help me buy it correctly. Right. And then you're going to help me manage it. And you're, gonna, you're basically going to take on those pitfalls, if you will, the, the, lo- the legal stuff and the management stuff and mm-hmm. dealing with all that. I, right. If I'm the investor... I'm going to come up with the money. I'm going to sit down with you and develop the plan and the goals. Right. But you're really going to be the professional that's going to take me right. and help me get there. Right. Nice. Right. You
1: have to understand what city you're working in, what their rules are, all those things. Yeah. Um. So I always say I, I pay somebody to cut my hair and do my taxes. Why wouldn't you have somebody help you buy an investment property?
2: Absolutely. And somebody who knows investment properties. Right. Nothing against all the agents out there who are wonderful and work their their buns off but in you I think you too would agree I know you would agree investment property is a different game
1: it's completely different and it's it's a it you know it's one of those things it's not like oh I lost today I'll get up and go tomorrow if you have a losing investment property you will continue to lose and sometimes it's forever and and but at the same time I don't want to scare people off and say oh I'm in a bad spot I don't know what to do we can help people get out of troubled properties, um, but that is important that you get into it. The first thing you want to do in an investment property is has got to make sense on paper. Mm-hmm. We don't get in the car and drive around until we're real certain it's going to at least appear to make sense on paper. And so we run analysis after analysis and do, do a lot of homework before we get in the car. And a lot of times Lisa and I look at a property before we bring it to a client because, again, you guys are busy don't want to waste people's time but um, it's got to make sense on paper
0: well i think this has been a great discussion with a lot of information again let's um, give you Les ferris's contact information It's 612-529-1111 or www.lesferris.com. this is the investors realty mn podcast and you can get us uh, at 612- 5682234 or www.investorsrealtymn.com Thanks so much for stopping in appreciate it
2: Thanks for having me See you
0: later